The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this month's Bucket Plan On Demand. This is Dave Allison and Jason Smith joining you today, and we're going to be talking about the cash flow analyzer. And so, as we all know, analyzing a client's cash flow is so important, whether you're helping them through the accumulation years, determining what type of disposable savings that they have, or you're getting ready to prepare for the distribution years of the money cycle to figure out what the amount of money they're gonna to need to draw from their liquid investable assets will be to get them through retirement and potentially supplement social security and maybe even a pension. And so what I wanted to do is just start off big picture by, uh, by asking you, Jason, you know, you created a tool called the Income Gap and, and we've been able to teach a lot of advisors how to utilize the Income Gap. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Income Gap and, and how you created that tool. Yeah, no, thanks, Dave. So the income gap assessment is a core um, component of the bucket plan best interest process. And primarily all of my clients, I don't want to say primarily, most all of them are, you know, getting ready to retire or already retired. And so this tool was really built through years of going through a budgeting exercises. I mean, I had a lot of pushback from clients. I mean, that they just hated it, right? They dragged their feet, they cancel appointments, they reschedule. And I, I literally remember the one woman saying, that was the worst thing I've ever had to do. Like literally said those words to me. And so- Everyone hates a budget. Oh man. And, and you know, but at the end of the day, you're trying to come to an accurate number that they're gonna need to draw off of their retirement assets and, you know, when they go into the distribution phase. And so, you know, the budgeting was really the only way I know, knew how to do it and for many years. And I actually remember sitting through a friend of mine, Curtis Cloak's class, and this is probably going on six, seven years ago. And it was right when I met him and I was sitting through and he was talking to me about uh, something the American College talks about, the consumption methodology. And he was saying how he just uses what they're spending now. And it just like a light bulb came on. I'm like, wow, you're just using what they're spending now and trying to and ask the question, if we replace that in retirement, is that enough? And I don't know, that really resonated with me. So I went back and I started playing with that. And then as time went on, you know, I realized, well, you know, there's things, other things that come into play. And so such as increased expenses in retirement and decreased expenses in retirement and injections of cash flow that didn't used to be there, like Social Security, like pensions. And sometimes those can happen at different times. So, you know, at first, you know, it, it was easy and it's still, you know, to start out with what are they living off of now? What are they spending now? And the key is, is net, net after tax after everything, after all the deductions, what's getting deposited in their bank account 
And that money that they're consuming on a bi-weekly, uh, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis, like <clears throat> what's the money they're spending? And so starting with that, uh, but then as it evolved, you know, that's where we added a section of new sources of income in retirement, right? That you got to offset the income that you're receiving now when you're working and then making decrease expenses or documenting those and increased expenses to eventually come down to a net number that they're going to need to draw off liquid investable assets in retirement. So it's kind of the, the concept of what you're saying is instead of you know, trying to categorize like a traditional budget does, right? It has all these different categories, like a one or two page document, and you're trying to work with the client and forecasting how much their electric bill is going to be in three or four years and how much they're going to need to pay in property tax and all these individual expenses and kind of, let's call it bottom up budgeting, you know, building it from the expense up to get to a total number you're basically just shortcutting all of that and saying, hey, you have a client, they get paid bi-weekly, they get net into their bank account after deductions, tax withholding, retirement savings, they get, let's say, 2,100 bucks and they're paid bi-weekly, so 26 times a year. So basically that client's getting 54,600 into their bank account. That's their consumable, spendable income. And let's say it's a married couple and the spouse is getting, I don't know, $1,000 a month working part-time net into their bank account. That's $12,000 net after taxes and withholding. And so between that married couple, they're at about $66,000, Right. And so you're simply asking if we could replace or maintain the same sixty-six dollars or $67,000, that you're currently living off of today, would that be sufficient through retirement? And what do you generally find people say to that answer? Well, usually what people will say is they'll say, yeah, that would be enough. Or they'd say, well, you know, I'm actually saving money right now in the bank, right? At the end of the year, I'll have an extra 10, $15,000 left over. And so I might not need a full 66,000. And so what we'll do is we'll take that 10, 15 grand a year that they're accumulating in the bank because you don't need to be accumulating more and more and more in the bank in retirement. You want to kind of break even. You, you don't want to draw more out of your IRAs and retirement accounts than what you need. And so, you know, we'll make an adjustment in the decreased expenses in retirement. Gotcha. So in that scenario, 67,000 is the net income after taxes and withholding. They come and tell you, hey, we're saving 10 grand a year. So you list that as a decreased expense in retirement. And now you would have a number of 57,000 that they would need if they didn't have any other fixed income sources that are going to come to them when they retire, right? Right. And so they're say they're get uh, they're gonna start getting 27 grand a year in Social Security for easy numbers sake. Well, you got 67, now 10 grand a year you don't need because they're saving it. So it goes down to 57. And then if they have 27 grand a year of Social Security coming in, now we're down to 30 is the income gap. Right. But there still could be other decreased or increased expenses. What are some of the common ones you see with your clients? Um, you'll see people paying off a mortgage. Okay. You know, that'll be one. So with the, you'd list that in the decreased. Right. So in that case, clients paying 10 grand a year towards a mortgage. 
it's going to be gone when they retire. Instead of a $30,000 income gap, now they're down to a $20,000 income gap, right? right? And then they might have increased expenses in retirement because maybe they had a really generous employer and all their health care costs were paid for. And now they're going to retire and they're going on Medicare and they have to pick up a supplement and a, and a prescription drug supplement. And all of a sudden now, you know, between the two of them, they're spending, you know, another, you know, four grand a year in medical that they weren't previously. Well, there's an increased expense in retirement. Yep. Or we hear, of course, the common one, grandkids or travel, right? They want to be able to spend a little bit more money helping out the grandkids or doing some travel. And so those would be good examples of increased expenses in retirement. Yeah. But, you know, and keep it of its simplest form. You take what they're living off of now. You offset it with uh, the Social Security or pension or whatever income they're going to get in retirement. And then you make the adjustments, increased or decreased expenses, and you come to a number. It's a quick and easy way to come to that number without going through a full budget exercise. And now Dave, you created the budgeter that we're gonna talk about here in a few minutes, which is awesome because it's for people that, you know, one of the big things is with the income gap. And, you know, we actually called it a step in the process, the income gap assessment. We're making a change to, you know, to make it the cash flow analyzer because of the other tool that, that you created that really is gonna help people who are further out from retirement, it's a more appropriate tool. Or where there's more uh, different variables that come into play, it's not quick and easy and simple. I mean, the income gap assessment is very squarely for people who are less than 10 years out from retirement, but not yet retired. Less than 10 years out from retirement, not yet retired. And they don't have a lot of different variables that come into play, like bonus and variable compensation and this, that, and the other. It's pretty cut and dry. They were, they're living off of X now. They're going to get X when they retire. And then you're going to make an increase or decrease expenses, couple adjustments. Boom, you got your number. When it gets a little bit more complex, that's where the tool you built is going to come into play. And also, what we've noticed, too, is you know originally the bucket plan was built around primarily for distribution planning that was geared towards pre-retirees and retirees. Now through the years, so many of the advisors that are running the bucket plan, yourself included, working with a lot of younger demographic, a lot of people who are further out than 10 years from retirement, small business owners, entrepreneurs. And so now what we needed to do is create another tool in addition to the income gap assessment that would still be quick and easy without requiring comprehensive financial planning software to model it all out when it's not necessary. Yeah, and that's what the cash flow budgeter does. I mean, if you think about it, the reason that we analyze a client's cash flow, as I mentioned earlier, is to determine if they're a ways out from retirement, how much capacity do they have for saving? And if they're approaching retirement or in distribution, how much do they need to take out of their accounts to live off of, right? Those are the two main reasons that we use any type of analysis tool for cash flow planning. And so with the cash flow budgeter, it's, it's a simple tool. And actually what, what motivated me to, to move in this direction was the same concept that you were using with the income gap assessment is the number one starting point is what's the net income you're receiving into your bank account. 
And so it is built out into an Excel document. So it's a one page Excel document with only like a couple small inputs. But one of the inputs that you make is how much is the client getting paid net in their bank account and what's the pay frequency? So again, if a client's making, you know, two grand a month and they're getting paid bi-weekly, it will add up what that net income after withholdings and tax and everything is. And it gives you the opportunity to put multiple income sources in. So maybe, you know, I deal with a lot of clients where they have a big part of their compensation is base salary, but then another bigger component could be uh, um, a bonus, right? Or maybe they have some rental income. And so you could put these income sources in and you could do it for you know, a married couple. So there's either room for one or two and it'll total what their net take home pay is on an annual basis. And then it gives you the ability to do any tax adjustments. And so this would be for an example, if a client is getting a refund at the end of the year, you know they're withholding too much and you add a positive number in as the tax adjustment. Or maybe I just had a client a few weeks ago that we took through this and one of the two of them was self-employed. And so we had to build an estimated tax payment schedule for them. And we put that in as a negative adjustment because they were 1099. So their pay was coming in as a gross number and we needed to make an adjustment to bring it to a net after tax number. And so basically what that does at the bottom line is, is it gets you to an annual net after tax income number that the client has coming into their bank account to live off of. And then the next section right under that lists about eight to 12 categories that are primary spending categories for anyone. So it could be things like a mortgage or rent. It could be property tax. It could be insurance. It could be groceries. So, you know, it's not an entire full-blown budgeting exercise, but it's about eight or 10 big core categories. And what it does is it asks you or the client to just put the numbers in on a monthly basis. So if I know I spend about a grand a month on groceries, I spend 300 bucks a month on gas, I'm going to put those monthly numbers in and it's going to annualize those numbers for me. And what it's going to do is it's going to spit out a monthly surplus or deficit. And what's cool about it is if it spits out a monthly surplus, then I know that's excess money that they have that we can allocate towards their investment strategies for a savings plan. So maybe it spits out a number, just had a client, a pretty high income earner, it spit out a number of $10,000 a month as excess savings. Well, we talked about potentially for the self-employed person funding a solo 401k with part of that excess savings. We talked about doing backdoor Roth IRAs with part of that savings. We talked about funding an after-tax brokerage account with part of it and a cash value life insurance policy with part of it. So it gave us the initial base to start mapping out where those accumulation, uh, that accumulation was going to get spread out to. Now on the flip side, if it came out as a negative number monthly, well, guess what we need to have a conversation about? Yeah, it's the conversation none of us like having with clients, but they're spending more than they're making. Yeah. And they're racking up credit card bills and we got to figure out what in that simple budget we can cut back on. That's great. Yeah, that's uh. And that's the thing is, you know, if you think about it, you're going off that consumption methodology as well. If you're not starting with really their current lifestyle, right? Because what do people want to do in retirement? They want to maintain a similar lifestyle, right? There's going to be adjustments. 
but they want to maintain a, a similar lifestyle. And I think that a lot of that is what makes retirement so scary is they don't know if they can. They think they got to make drastic changes. So it really gives them a lot of peace of mind when you can take that, you know, give them that peace of mind, give them that comfort that actually they don't need to make dramatic changes, right? You know, it was interesting. I was uh, having a conversation with Professor Worley, who Jason, you know, uh, Professor Worley is the uh, professor that we teach, uh, co-instruct the tax management journey uh, training with. It's a tax planning training for financial advisors. He's the adjunct professor of taxation for Villanova Law School. And I was explaining to him the income gap assessment, actually. And uh, he said to me, he said, you know, what's so brilliant about the income gap assessment. He says, consumption brings people joy, constraint brings people pain. A budget is when you constrain them, right. consumption is when you bring them joy. <laughs> and so taking somebody through- I know I have joy when I consume. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all know you have joy when you consume. But think about that when you're working with your clients, right? A budgeting exercise, nobody likes doing that, right? right because right. it's negative. It brings people pain to think about restricting how they can go enjoy their money. But when you're focused more on consuming, it just changes the whole game. And it makes it such a more, um, I don't know, I don't want to say joyful conversation, but it's easier. It's easier to have with the prospector yeah. client. And now there is some time when you absolutely got to bust out the financial modeling software. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And, and, you know, we're not saying that in every situation you can do a simple income gap assessment to come to that number, or you could do the simple, you know, cash flow budgeter uh, tool that, that Dave's created still based off consumption methodology. In many cases, it's when there's a lot of erratic, different income sources kicking in at different times, or you're ways out from retirement, or you're really not sure you need some Monte Carlo simulations run. They got lumpy cash flow. Right. <laughs> and speaking, yeah, one of my, that reminds me, one of my clients, um, like when I was doing the income gap assessment, you know, we were kind of trying, you know, I asked him, you know, do you have a budget? And he's like, no, we don't have a budget. He's like, we really never wanted to have one. He's like, because I really don't know, want to know the truth. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we have a lot of leakage in our household, Jason. And I'm like, first of all, that's disgusting. But, but I'm like, Ross, what are you talking about? He's like, listen, my wife's doing, she's helping out the kids a lot more than I even want to know. He's like, so there's no way I even want to know what that leak is. Yeah. Still None of us want to know what that leak is. <laughs> no, it reminds me, you know, though, in all seriousness, kind of the peace of mind that it gives. One of my clients, his name is Jeff, and he had come in and his mother had recently passed away and he's with his wife, Sally, and they inherited some money. And they thought it might put him in a position, which it was, where they'd be able to retire, you know. And so, you know, they're both like in their mid-60s and, and kind of, they're kind of burnt out, to be honest. You know, Jeff was a radio disc jockey for the like 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. spot. And, and Sally's a, a secretary at the school. So they sat down with me and, you know, they were very clear on what they wanted to accomplish. They were actually a tax client. And so they sat down talking about financial and they said, um, you know, we have two questions, Jason. 
Uh, number one, do we have enough to retire? Number two, how much money can we spend each month and not run out of money? I mean, that was it, those two questions, which I think that's mostly a lot of people have those right. questions. And so when we got to the point in the process where it was time to figure out, you know, um, you know, figure this out, I, I asked Jeff and Sally if they had a budget, right? And they both kind of laughed, but not in a fun way. It was like more of like a nervous or frustrated kind of laugh. And so um, Sally said we could never create a budget because I had no clue how much Jeff spends on the pool tabs at the VFW club. <laughs> They're like these little gambling tabs that you could buy at a VFW club. Um, why do I know that? Because uh, my dad used to take me in the VFW club when I was a kid, <laughs> play the pool, pool tabs. But anyways, I cheap, guess. Cheap babysitting. <laughs> yeah, really. So then, you know, so then, but anyway, she's like, I don't know how much Jeff spent on pool tabs. So Jeff's then, like, he jumps in and he's like, well, you know, and I have no idea how much, uh, you know, money Sally's given to our daughter, Dawn. She always seemed to help her out and make ends meet. I could tell I'm like, all right, I got to tread lightly here, right? And so then Sally's like, you know what, Jason, you know, we've talked about it a few times. Honestly, um, we both dread the idea of creating a budget. I know Jeff enjoys meeting up with his buddies at the club. And then Jeff jumps in and he's like, and listen, my, you know, Dawn's a single mother, you know, we need to help her out. I, you know, Sal, it's, it's great that Sally helps her out. So I said, listen, guys, we actually don't even need to create a budget. There's a lot, there's a much easier way and more accurate way and most in, that, that I believe is much more accurate based on what you're spending right now, right? Based on the lifestyle you're accustomed to. So uh, Sally's like, really? And then, you know, she's like, you know, and I said, listen, yeah, if we're able to replace the amount of money right now, the amount you're getting in your bank account, if we can replace that in retirement, uh, would that be enough? And so, you know, Jeff said, Jeff, yeah, I think so. And he's like, but you know what, Jason, I won't be spending the gas money to drive an hour round trip to the radio station you know, each day, an hour there, hour back. And then uh, Sally's like, you know what, too? And I'm not going to have to buy all these new clothes at the school. So that's going to free up money for me, too, because I like to, you know, dress a certain way working at the school. And they said, um, you know, and, and you know what, though? Those things will probably offset because we want to see some of the national parks. So the money we're going to save there will pay for that. So, you know, long story short, we complete the exercises, the income gap assessment. Turns out they're only going to need to draw a little less than 3% per year off liquid investable assets to replace the income gap they're going to have between the Social Security they're going to get. And so, you know, all of a sudden now you remember back the questions they asked. The income gap assessment literally answered the question. How much they're going to need to draw off liquid investable assets and do they have enough to retire? If somebody comes in, Dave, and they're draw and they're going to draw less than three percent off liquid investable assets, do you need to run financial modeling software? Do you need Monte Carlo simulation? Uh, not unless they're like twenty-two years old and retiring. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't. So it's like literally this one tool answered the two questions they have: Do they have enough? And what's the number they need to draw? And then do they have enough to retire? So, and like, it was so cool because 
the stress just like fell off their face and like you saw the confidence and the peace of mind like in their eyes and in their expressions and it was priceless and they didn't have to go through a grueling budget process. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, Jason, you and I have had the fortunate position to mentor and coach a lot of advisors on some of these tools. And uh, I think a lot of times advisors can get hung up in this area of budgeting or analyzing cash flow before they even get to building the plan. And it can delay the entire process of bringing on a new client. I remember I was talking to a, a lady that we work with and she scheduled a mentoring call. And, and so I said, you know, what's going on? What are, you, what are you stuck with? And she said, I just can't get past this budget right now. And I said, well, share your computer screen. Let me see what you're doing. And the advisor, she pulls up this Excel document that was like four tabs and lines and lines and lines of what if, what if I buy the car, what if I do this? And I mean, she was trying to almost micromanage every minimal expense that that client would have throughout retirement in this massive Excel document. And she was just like, I can't even get to the point where I start designing the plan because I'm just almost overwhelmed by this entire budget I created right. to figure it out. And I said, here's what you need to do. Close the mic. And, and listen, I'm a, for those of you who know me, I'm a, I'm a spreadsheet geek, so I'm not knocking the spreadsheet in any way. But I said, minimize the spreadsheet, pick up the phone, call your client, ask them what the amount that they're receiving in their checking account after withholding taxes and retirement savings right now is. And when they tell you that number, follow up with the second question. Just say, in retirement, if we were able to replace that same number, would that be sufficient? And she was like, I mean, I'll give it a try. I'll see, but I've always built out these big budgets. She called the client. She asked him those two simple questions, got the number, didn't need the whole budget anymore. Didn't need the whole budget because what did she have? She had the amount that the client was going to consume. Right. Now, did she have the amount that you know the gas bill was going to be three years in? or the amount of you know, the, the lawn maintenance person? No, but she had the amount that the client was already living off of. And the client, as soon as she knew that number, she was able to quickly do a withdrawal rate of the investable assets the client had and what that consumption number was minus social security and pension and get to a point where they were gonna live off of a very comfortable withdrawal rate through retirement. And again, it shortcutted the whole need to do this complex budget. And again, as you mentioned, for some clients, you just have to. There's no way around it. Right. But if even for 50, 60, 70% of the people you work with, you can eliminate that complex, nauseous exercise of budgeting and just flip over to some sort of consumption methodology, it could greatly enhance your efficiency in getting to the point where you're developing a plan getting the client to buy into the plan, getting the client to hire you to implement the plan. No doubt, no doubt. Well, listen, this is, hopefully this has been really insightful and you know, we're gonna do a webinar on this topic too so you can have some visual aids, understand you know, even in more detail. We'll walk through the tools that we've uh, referenced and described, the income gap assessment, the cash flow budgeter to ultimately create a crucial step in the financial planning process, the step in the bucket plan process is uh, that we have in every financial planning process, 
but the cash flow analyzer. You have to analyze their cash flow, see what the excess or what the gaps is, so that way you can build that into their financial plan, both now for accumulation if they're younger, or in retirement if they're getting ready to go into that distribution phase and determining how much they're gonna need to draw off their assets. And don't forget, as always, download the white paper. As Jason mentioned, we have the training webinar. You're gonna to get to go see the tools. Also download the white paper. You can go through and see it in paper form, some of these different tools and how to use them. So we appreciate you jumping on the bucket plan on demand and we look forward to speaking with you next month. Thanks. The Bucket Plan On Demand series is brought to you by Clarity to Prosperity, a financial training, coaching, and IP development organization led by financial advisors, coaches, and business leaders committed to taking a holistic approach on advising. To learn more about our organization and upcoming training opportunities for financial professionals, visit ClarityToProsperity.com.